Actually, very well might be true. I often, <laughs> I often ask myself these days, do I even know how to read anything? And that, in fact, will be a theme of something we're going to talk about today. But <laughs> to digress, um, I'm reading a book. Okay. It's called, let me make sure, it's, it's kind of a long title. It's called Drive Your Plow Over the Bones of the Dead. Oh, I've called. heard about this. It's, it's, it's the, a great title. It's the uh, Olga Tokarczyk book. Uh, she won the Man Booker and the Nobel um, so why not? She's both? really she's really got it going on. But anyway, I bring it up because it's about the thing that all books should be about, which is about having a cabin alone in the cold woods. Um, so and yet when I <laughs> tweeted about how I wanted to go to a hermitage by myself, you then asked me to come with you. Well, yeah, because I the other thing or that you, books you should to come be, with me. I the guess. other thing all things should be about is me. Sure. Um, so sure. <laughs> um, no, but the book is good, and it's mostly um, it's very dreary in the book. Like, Which I'm you like, love. I'm like eighty pages in, and like nothing has happened except for her, like you know, sitting and like checking the wood, the walls of the cabin to see if there's like any rodents in there and stuff. And a little bit of rain. You know, yeah, there's like some rain. Like the roads get real slick, so you know you can't drive the you know the car up the pass. Uh huh. It's like exactly what all books should be. Everything but, that you've ever loved. Right. Um, but it mostly makes me think about how gray and horrible it is outside. And it's just making me, it's making me surly. It's well, making me withdrawn. Eric, it's, I just got back from a five-day vacation in Iceland where yeah. there was four and a half hours of sunlight a day. Yeah. That's, man. It's just like the dark time. And mm. I don't mean that like existentially no i mean maybe i do but i mean it mostly in terms of like just physical light like coming in here i'm out i get out of my car and it's like gray out it feels like i'm in some i don't know but don't you like that i do like it but it also just makes me makes me tired of everything when you, you know? talk about your college experience, you're like, yeah, the college I went to is just in this horrible, flat, gray, dreary place, and I loved it. Yes, that's true. <laughs> um, <laughs> Sounds like you're trying to complain about something you love. Maybe I love complaining. Have you ever thought about that? I or, didn't, actually. Uh, <laughs> I just, I just like, exploded brain meme. Um, no, but it's just like, I don't know what it is about this weather, about winter out here specifically, that just makes me want to, like go into a cave and not come out. Mm -hmm. um, but I don't know. Here we are not doing that because, in fact, it's a new year. It um, is. And we haven't really done a new year episode yet, but perhaps this is a chance for us to say welcome to this episode of Print Run. My name is Eric Kane. With me, as always, in this de decade and in every decade, is Laura Zatz. Say hello, Laura. Hello, Laura. Um, I guess not every decade, but in many decades to come, in theoretically. Yeah, um, that praise loon. So we're gonna. Yeah. <laughs> so we're gonna talk. Um, we're gonna do some looking ahead today, folks. Uh, we're because it's look the first at, of the year. Because right? of course today is New Year's Day. Um, so, <laughs> and we are not late with our New Year's episode, um, and we were not off last week, so this is the perfect time to do it. Um, but we're gonna do some resolutions, some predictions, um, some various other chatter. Um, but before we get to any of that, how about the basic rundown? Yes. Yeah, so welcome to another decade of books. Yes. 
another week of books, another day of books, another year of books. All of the new things are of new books. I hope your books are sunnier than the ones that Eric likes to read. Why? My books are great. Sure. Um, (laughs) So uh, we've been working really hard the last few months to make sure that Print Run can grow in this new decade with a lot of really fun stuff. And our first the first of these initiatives that we're doing will be coming out uh, in a week. A lot of good stuff. Actually. Yeah. Yeah. So we will. What is it? The 13th. So the 21st will be the day that our first new decade initiative will come out and for those of you who are listening um and are writers i think that you're really going to like it um but never fear because we will continue apace as always with our free special episodes and also with our patreon so our patreon has three special episodes a month and there's always going to be a query critique show There's always going to be a first page critique show. And then there's always a flex episode. So if you have something that you go, man, I really want a deep dive on this by two agents who have had a lot of chocolate and a lot of super mom's coffee, Mm -hmm. um, send it to us. Or if you'd like for us to critique your first page or your query, we're at printrunpodcast at gmail.com. You can also always at the loon Mm -hmm. on Twitter. Um, but honestly, send us an email because that goes to me and I control the 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 document <laughs> for the special episodes. So send them to me. Um, <laughs> mm. So with that, Eric, we should probably jump in, huh? Yeah. Um, so do we want to start with our, you know, last so last week we did a big episode on and you should listen to it if you haven't, because I think that um, you specifically, Laura, did a pretty good job of talking through. Um, the RWA stuff, the kind of the big, I guess, I don't even know what the word, uh, mess. We'll go with mess for yeah. now. On the, <laughs> but like Implosion? A lot happened. Yeah, Implosion. a lot happened with Romance Writers of America. Um, and Turns out it's still happening. Yeah, so, I mean, that's basically, I don't want to spend another episode on it, but can we get just a basic update on yeah. where we're at with that? So for those of you who are listening and, or, and are not necessarily caught up, again, I would like to point you to the Claire Ryan um, play-by-play. Uh, you can find that on Twitter or on her blog. It's super, super good, and it's much more comprehensive than we have time to get into today. But one of the big things um, that happened before I went off to the land of the ice and snow and the midnight sun, um, and also some hot springs, although mm-hmm. there was no midnight sun, it was all dark all the time, mm-hmm. um, is the... Damon Swade, who was the president of RWA and a bunch of the 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 higher ups in the administration were refusing to resign. And there had been a recall petition that had that had gone to have him removed and all this other stuff um, and calls for audits and whatnot. And there was this narrative that was going on that there was no way that RWA could survive without these people. Um, well, in the last two weeks since the episode, since our episode came out, um, Damon Swade and Carol Ritter um, and a few others resigned. Mm-hmm. And it's I think it's really worth pointing out um, just just kind of like a main takeaway here. What also happened in those two weeks is that authors mobilized em- enough yeah. and they put enough pressure, not just on their like 
so theoretically, right, the, the body that is supposed to be represented by a writer's organization, an advocacy organization like RWA is supposed to be, mm-hmm. theoretically, that organization responds directly to its members. That's the, And the, that constituency is writers. Correct. Yeah. Um, well, that hasn't been happening, mm-hmm. right? Like that's that's been the, the cog and the machine that's been broken. And it's a very, very big cog. It's basically the entire clock. Um, and so when you have a certain number of people that are trying to control or game the system, um, a lot of organization and kind of like union type efforts are not going to come through because if they're not taking a look at their constituency and doing what their constituency says that is the best for them, then that's bad. Mm -hmm. Um, But what happened with so many people mobilizing and putting in hours and talking about it and engaging with this problem, one kind of great thing happened. um, It's it's is that all these writers created enough of a stink so that publishers pulled out of the National RWA Conference, mm-hmm. which is where the Ritas take place, although they were canceled already this year. It's 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 yep. kind of like it's it's the Mac Daddy of romance yeah. conference events. And all of the publishers that started with all of the Harlequin imprints pulled out. Um and so we, I, I'm, I'm guessing that there are a lot of reasons, but really that was one of the main things that caused that final, you know, straw to push out the administration. Mm-hmm. Um, there is now some shenanigans going on with the external audit and that sort of thing. Sure. Um, but I think what I, what I really want everybody to take away from this and take heart in this, even though this has no signs of slowing down and it's all sorts of bat shittery. Well, it's, that's yeah, it's still a mess, going on. but it's a mess that we are, that exists because of. Right. Uh, energy, you know, like. <laughs> right. Uh, but one of, one of the things I would just want everybody to take away is like, this is a really good example of how much power writers still have, even when everything is like structurally is taken against is is stacked up against them Mm -hmm. so that's that's just kind of the big thing you know there was enough pressure there was enough there was enough there was there was enough discourse so that the larger organizations who normally are the ones that hold the power Mm -hmm. had to bend to the will of the 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 writers well it's just like it's such a great reminder that these institutions whether it's because it wasn't it wasn't just publishers either. I mean, agencies are, yeah. you know, they're not nece- they're not as attached to, the, you know, they have a little less power in this situation. But, you know, they do represent romance. You know, like a lot of the writers we're talking about are represented and they have, you know, agencies involved. And we saw a lot of um, different efforts on, at least in our circles, right? Like mm-hmm. agencies putting out things, you know, agents saying, hey, I'm not doing events. You know, we... Um, we were one small example of, you know, an agency that was just kind of like, you know what, we're not doing this for the foreseeable future. Like little things like that. But like it really was like – but I think like even more important than who actually ended up doing what was that it forced everyone to make a call on it. Yeah. You know, like every agent I feel like, anyone paying attention had to look at it and say, well, what do I – how do I want to respond to this? What do I – because it was loud enough, because it was big enough, because – the groundswell was significant enough that it like forced people to pay attention and like it just got back to this idea that all of these institutions 
ostensibly exist to represent writers. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And so what that means is that if writers make enough cohesive noise, things have to happen. You know what I mean? Like things will happen and they can be, you know, these places can get, um, you know, things can go haywire and interests can get confused and all this kind of stuff. But like at the end of the day, if the entire body of writers says no to something, then there's <laughs> going to be a change. I mean, that's just how it is. And yeah. so, and I th- so I think this, as you, I think you're totally right. Like this was really instructive and a really much of a mess as it is. Like it seems it like a no brainer, but it, it takes a no brainer like this to really highlight. It's useful to see it. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. To really highlight how instructive these, these, uh, organizations of power are yeah um so that's been good to see we'll <laughs> we'll keep reporting on nonsense as it develops um because that's really what it is at this point so there there's there's lots of nonsense including um chatter about some sort of new rwa kind of like organization that is thinking about giving awards to white writers for writing diversity well really? wait really yeah <laughs> I mean, it's it's oh been God. like on like a forum thing, but yeah, it's oh, it's some man. it's some nonsense. So really good, um, everyone. So what to remember is first of all that that is bad, <laughs> and second of all, mobilize because you have the power. Oh, God. Okay, people just cannot help themselves. No, they cannot. So Laura, yes, it's twenty twenty. It's a new year. It's a new decade. Yes, um, we're gonna do the very basic contrived content thing that happens at the beginning of the year and do some resolutions and predictions we've got one of each from both of us that are hopefully going to stem mm-hmm. into conversations yep. um so i don't know like for me looking at this new year and i hope i think this is something i try to do um every year in my working life and and i guess in my regular life too but like really just like take a look at like what's working what isn't what do i want to do differently how am i going to do it like all that all that kind of stuff to just like try to be a little bit better or try to like change even if or even just different you know mm-hmm. like try to like change tack in a way that might lend different or more interesting results you know and um in that vein and maybe yours doesn't i guess i don't know what yours is maybe yours has nothing to do with that but um would you like to give your resolution yes please um so this this is a very complicated <laughs> Resolution, and okay. it sounds really easy on the surface. Um, so, just to give you an idea of what my types of resolutions look like, this yeah. is the first year that I've set a personal resolution, like in my entire life. Yeah. And my personal resolution is to try everything on the menu of this cafe that I've been going to for 15 years. So, that's your resolution? Yes. Okay, it's talk ver- me through that. Okay, so the neighborhood cafe. <laughs> On Selby and Selling in St. Paul. If you could like loop this back to books too, that'd be really. It's incredible. But so anyway, the whole point is that I've been going there for 15 years, Uh and I've only gotten like a handful of the same things because all everything that I get is so 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 good. Mm -hmm. And this year, I was like, you know what? There's a whole Mm -hmm. like two thirds of the menu I haven't eaten, and it's time. So now that's my resolution with that. It is not related to books except for it keeps me breathing and fed. And they recognize me there and they have mimosas and they put sh- like sherbet in the mimosa, 
which is just really good <laughs> for writers. So hard at this. Yeah. I'm like, over, <laughs> I like sat down today and was like trying to come up with like something publishing specific and like trying to. So well, that's my personal one. Okay. So let's my, loop this my into. My professional. No, no, no. I want that one to be your professional one too. Let's figure out how to like. How can we like make that a contrived book metaphor? Is there a way? Um, Are you gonna like do some so, new category stuff? Are you gonna what else can you? How can we make tasting so, everything on the menu a book thing? So there's a we'll cut all there's this a part. simple worry, version. Dude. We will absolutely not. I want everybody to know about the neighborhood cafe. Um, all of the employees wear Mister Rogers T-shirts. It's very sweet. We are just off the rails. I know. Right now, I know. I don't care though. It's good. I know. Um. So my professional resolution, mm-hmm. very simply, don't laugh at me, Eric. Eric is totally gonna laugh at me. Is simply to read my submissions. Oh boy, there's yeah. a good one. Not, no, I'm not laughing because you know because it's true problem. for everybody. <laughs> um. Problem. But so more specifically, yeah. I I've been realizing, um. Something really interesting. So on Black Friday, a.k.a. Cookie Day, um, I thought about buying a refurbished Kindle because the the system we use for querying called Query Manager, which is mm-hmm. related to Query Tracker, mm-hmm. um, there's, an, there's an option where you can email something to a Kindle app or, you know, like, yeah, so you can you can email it to you. So it shows up like on your Kindle or whatever. Mm-hmm. I don't believe in Amazon, like reading through Amazon. I don't believe in buying books on Amazon, et cetera. Uh-huh. But man, is the Kindle nice. Yeah. Right. So I was going to buy one. And then I was like, no, no, no. Like I have an iPad that's like 10 years old. It's still technically working. It's fine. I don't need it. Yeah. Well, then the holidays rolls around and my husband gets me the fancy new Kindle Oasis. Uh-huh. And it feels kind of good, Eric, yeah. to not... Like to have a Kindle product and like one of the brand new Kindle products, just like sell and out, just yeah. like and just yeah. like like <laughs> shove it at the man that I'm never gonna read a published book on there. Oh, because I don't ever want to buy a Kindle book. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So you're gonna use it totally for submissions. Yeah, I actually named it my Headwater Kindle. Oh wow! Um, Look yeah. At you. So it is only for submissions, which is really funny because they keep like Amazon is increasingly sending me like breathy. Kindle emails being like, mm-hmm. you have $50 worth of Kindle credit. And mm-hmm. I'm like, sucker, I yeah. don't buy from you. Mm-hmm. Anyway, the whole point is that, so I've had this, I've had this Kindle <laughs> Oasis for like going uh-huh. on three weeks. Uh-huh. And you're reading again. I'm reading again. And here's She's the back, thing, baby. And here's the thing, Eric. Back in town. Here's the thing. I've noticed that the difference between reading, because I've just been reading on my computer, mm-hmm. the difference between me reading on my Kindle and me reading on my computer is that it actually like lets me read like a reader. And I find that I'm reading Feels like more. A book. Yeah. I'm reading more of every submission. Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm realizing that I think that this might be really 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 good for my work and for my taste. Yeah. Um, well, so talk to me yeah. about the taste part, and talk to me about how we can maybe loop this back into a tortured metaphor about tasting things on a menu, <laughs> just so that all of this makes sense in yeah. a, in a sort of editorial way. So, I think I think um, it like tricks my brain a little bit. You know, like this is this is a product. Like, don't go out and buy one unless you absolutely need it. But, like, this is a product that allows you to read outdoors. It's a product that allows you to read just, like, with one hand, and it's super easy. And the problem has always been, like, if I've got my computer on there, I open up Twitter, I open up whatever. And so I I think the onus on the first 
few pages or the first few chapters of a book has been really kind of maybe unreasonably high mm-hmm. as for for my submissions. And what that's what that's done is kind of um, intellectually, it's I realize that I get into this mode where everything's bad and I'm reading it on my computer and I hate everything and, and I'm not enjoying it and, and it's and it's bad. And then I get dejected because the, the books are bad. But I think that the answer is not that the books are bad. I think that I've just been reading it wrong in a way that doesn't really work for me. Sure. Because I think um, where so I I acquire based on like market and all that shit. But like primarily the first thing before I dive into all of that is gut. Right. Yeah. Like, am I yeah. am I drawn into this? I'm enjoying this. Am I am I sucked in? <clears throat> and I can't do that when I've got it open on a tab on my browser and I've got Twitter right there. And like the loon is tweeting about George R. R. Martin. Um, <sighs> yeah. And so I think what it's what this and I'll report back. But what I think that this new Kindle experience has been doing for me with my submissions in the in the few weeks that I've had it is it's. It's brought me back to really like looking at the manuscripts, not against like other things that I have, like my inbox or other things. It feels like less like my... work and more like reading. Right. Yeah, Which I good. feel like will get back it. to what I really, really, truly enjoy. So to mm. connect that to the neighborhood cafe. If you could, please, that would be really helpful for to this To connect <laughs> that back to the neighborhood cafe. Uh-huh. I had gotten to the point where I was just getting these things because I knew that they were good, but it they weren't like exciting anymore. And yeah. now what I'm guessing is I will probably finish this entire endeavor of trying every food there. I might discover one or two faves. Mm-hmm. But primarily, Eric, mm-hmm. I think what's going to happen You're there. You're there. is I'm going to experience all of them and then have a true and deep abiding appreciation for the things that which I already love. Wow, we did it, folks. We did we it. We brought it all the way back, like a <laughs> giant wagon train of twisted metaphors. So, yeah, um, so on, in a very short way, my resolution <laughs> is to, it. like, read my submissions in a very uh, long kind of way. It's it's to give myself space and time to really, like, recover my <clears throat> reading habits in a way mm-hmm. that I think that will lead to probably more sign-ons, which I'm really excited about. Well, cheers to us uh, for being really much better at podcasting in the new decade. Um, we're, t- <laughs> we're tighter Shut editorially. Up. We're more focused. Um, all these good things. What is your resolution? <clears throat> I'm so glad you asked. Um, <laughs> so mine is directly related to the uh, subject matter of this podcast, uh, which is great. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> He's owning uh, me so hard. So um, this I have it written down like a little, like a little journal entry, you know. Um, here we go. Ready? In your moleskin notebook. That's right. Um, it says here, be genuinely curious and interrogate my own. I can't even read my own damn handwriting here. Hold on. <laughs> interrogate my own inbox, commissioning, and taste rather than relying on media lists and basic contacts to do it for me. What do you mean by um, that? So what I mean by that is like I want to get outside my own reading comfort zone this year. I think that – you might have a trouble believing this, but I can be a little bit set in my ways uh, when it comes to... I don't believe that. When it comes to reading, when it comes to um, like who I'm paying attention to, I'm a little bit of a, of a grump, um, which can mean for the purposes of um, finding new work and finding uh, projects and things like that, um, 
it can mean that I'm looking in a lot of the same places. It means I'm reading the same, like I do a lot of nonfiction, right? And so that's, that involves reading, you know, reading a lot of magazines and mm-hmm. websites, you know. Like, you do have a very impressive <laughs> stack of the New Yorker in <laughs> your home. Like, but I just mean like, it's, you know, I'm, I end up in the same places looking for work. I know the same writer circles, the same, um, you know, all that kind of stuff and the same ideas, you know, like just, and it's, like it's a lot of familiar faces. It's mm-hmm. a lot of people like that, and I just I want to get outside that this year. I want to try to commission things and talk to people outside of what I'm normally used to. I want to, I don't know, try to work on you know I've, you know my categories. You know, obviously, like contemporary nonfiction can be so vast, and the term like political or culture criticism, you know, the kind of stuff that I do could mean so many different things that Mm -hmm. I think I really want to kind of push on what those categories mean and can encapsulate. And so you want to talk to strangers. I do. You know, Laura, I want to talk to some strangers. I haven't done that in a a while and I need to do that. Um, I think also, though, when I first thought of this, it related to actually my recreational reading because I like so this last year, and I think we talked about this on our year end episode a little bit, but I made a really big effort in 2019 to read the things people were talking about. Yeah. In adult fiction. And like, you came out of it not I, liking that many books. <laughs> really, really did. Like I read if it was hot and people were talking about it and it was, you know, getting coverage in places, I I wanted I read I read it. I picked it up. I got most of my books out of the, off the new table this you were year. You being like, a trend it, chaser. I was. No, I was. In terms of my recreational reading, I really was. It's impossible to be that as an agent, I think, because things are on such a delay. But like, as a as a recreational reader, I was like, you know what? I'm going to go with the calendar this year. Let's just see what happens. And the result was that I read a lot of books, media. First of all, right, a lot of preview lists, a lot of recaps, a lot of reviews in the big places, all that kind of stuff. I followed a lot of the people who do all the influential tweeting about what books are coming out, all that kind of stuff. And I have to say, I just came away disenchanted with all of it. Like, there's mm. just a lot of, like, and I think like fundamentally, what happened over the course of the year is I let somebody else tell me what to like. <laughs> If that mm, makes sense, mm-hmm. because and that was kind of the point of the year. It was like I want, like, you tell me to what see. you read. Yeah, like let's just see what this is like. Especially because you know, as I you know, I do work in literary fiction, albeit it's a smaller part of my list than nonfiction. But I'm really trying to understand it more. You know, and as a market, like I read a lot and I even write. But um, as an agent, I've been trying to just like see the market in a more contemporary and intelligent and informed way. And honestly, I just came away thinking like. Well, I don't like a lot of this. And a lot of this that is being really hyped up and is being really told, you know, I'm being told these is like generational talents and once in a lifetime novels and here's the book that's going to define the era. Like, no, like, honestly, no. And it was, I think, a lot of bluster. And it really kind of, you know, I I think a lot about that episode we did um, about review coverage and listicles and stuff with Nathan, Mm. you know, where it was just like, there's just this cycle of things that just feels really inauthentic to me. And it led to me reading a lot of things that I didn't really love. And this year, I think what I really want to do is go back and actually, like, ask myself, you know, like, what do I like? Like, what do I want to read? Like, and how Really sad, wet, dreary books with mice in the walls. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) No, I mean, but I just mean, like, I just want to find, um, I want to do a better job of well, and I, I guess better is the wrong word because that the point, like, last year was intentional. Like, that was the idea. But 
this year the intent is going to be to really just like follow what I'm interested in mm-hmm. in terms of my reading to kind of get back to and I feel it as a writer too like I don't even know what I like to read anymore because I'm so out of practice doing it because I've just been reading submissions and then books people have been telling me yeah. to read and so like I want to get back to that because it turns out there's a lot of crap out there that is being you're being told is really good yeah and I tried to listen and I tried to pay attention and I tried to play the game that books media would like me to play and you didn't like and it. and I just didn't like it and I'm and I'm done with that this year and I think that there's a lesson in there it's like you know all of us have our own individual tastes and like I kind of have this theory I mean this isn't a particularly controversial theory but I don't think anyone would like doing what I did because it's impersonal you know what I mean like if you read everything on a preview list or everything on a um on a hype list or a you know in a blog roundup or whatever like those are not designed for you those are designed in general those are meant to kind of capture a more crowdsourced generalized opinion and so i don't think anyone would read as much like currently publishing things as i did and come away feeling like yeah i liked all of that because it's not the point like the idea i guess like what i'm getting at here is like in anyone's reading life, you do have to kind of balance what you're listening to people say and mm-hmm. where your own taste and your own discernment is taking you. And this is a year that I think I'm really going to try to – in my submissions too, like like the whole idea here is to just get back to these critical questions of like what do I actually want to be working on and how can I find it better, you know? And like yeah. how can I rebuild those networks and those processes from scratch yeah. because I think that it's – well, agenting fundamentally is a balance between what you think other people are going to like and what you like. Yeah, exactly. And it's a really like it's a really difficult <coughs> tightrope to walk. Yeah. And so oftentimes I find, you know, some months or years I'll skew a little bit more towards like Laura's super jazzed about this, but maybe not the right time for the market. Right. And sometimes it's a little too market focused and not mm-hmm. quite enough for me. Right. Um, so it sounds like you're doing a little bit of course correction this year. I think so. I mean, it's and I'm excited about it. And it's, um, you know, I think that it's going to be a year where similar to what you're saying, I'm going to be reading my submissions in more of a light of you're trying to kind of block out what I think the market might say Mm -hmm. about a book and more about like, do I think like, is this getting me going? Like, am I energized reading this? Like paying attention to one's own energy. Are there mice in the walls, folks? (laughs) God damn it. Uh, (laughs) But like, you shouldn't have told me that. I know. Um, But it's, I think that it's going to be a good year because I intend for it to be a more authentic year in terms mm-hmm. of my own taste. And that that does excite me. Like, I think that's going to be good, especially now that, like, I think of it, too, in terms of my own writing life because, you know, I finished a draft of my book last year. I don't really have another thing. Like, my plan this year is to kind of, like, experiment and stuff a little bit, write some shorter stuff. Um, but as I, like, kind of take stock of what bigger thing I want to do next, you know, and so... The, the answer, like the thing with that question is I don't have an answer right mm-hmm. now. And so it's like I want to kind of just reset everything, right, and say, okay, what is it that I'm into with regard to contemporary fiction and where is it and how can I find it? I like it. Yeah. I like it. It involves both of us reading, <clears throat> which is a nice change. It involves us tasting everything on the menu. Um, yes, it does. 
Yes. So yes, it does. Okay, so let's move to the um, the you know the clairvoyant portion yes. of the program. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what I would like from you, Laura, um, is a prediction about. I'm hoping. I have no idea what you've written down, but I'm hoping that it has something to do with books and or. <laughs> 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 So let's see. So my prediction for this year. Uh-huh. Um, so <clears throat> I I was thinking about it and I and I thought about making predictions about Amazon or you know bookstores or whatever. Um, but I think I think mainly what I believe to deeply be true is that 2020 is the year that literary fiction and like prestige fiction is going to discover fantasy. Oh, man, that's a good one. Yeah, so <laughs> as you as you say it, I'm already like on board. You so get talk, it? talk me through it. Talk, okay. yeah, talk um, me through it. <laughs> so I I read when I when I'm reading for fun. I read a lot outside my categories. Yeah. And my categories yeah. of course are include science fiction and fantasy both for young adults and for adults. Um, and so I've, I've, you know, and also like being friends with Eric means that I read for fun, a lot of literary fiction and a lot of like prestige, like award winners and some bullshit. Right. Um, and so one thing that I found and Eric has been the receiver of many, many angsty text messages, like far past his bedtime about this is I pick up a book that's. You know, all the endorsements say that this is completely groundbreaking and nobody's ever seen it before, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And it turns out it's just science fiction, <laughs> like with with less discreet yeah. world building. Yeah, you were talking. So this is I want you to talk through this point because you were bringing we were kind of starting this conversation the other day. Yeah. In Slack. And so, yeah, give it yeah. like so, go along. On and this. this is this is not a fully formed thesis sure, by any sure. means. But I think really because there's there's a ton of very like literarily written science fiction. OK, um, like a really good and obvious and award winning example is N.K. Jemison mm-hmm. and her um, her fifth season series, which, if you remember, she's the first person to win the Hugo for best book three years in a row. It's also the first one where all three books of a trilogy have won the best book for the Hugo. Um her writing is is we've done a writing by reading on the opening of her. It's like it's very chewy. It's extraordinarily complex, both her stories and her writing. Um, it asks a lot from the reader. Right. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking about it and I was comparing that with some other some literary fiction that I was reading that actually was just science fiction. And I was thinking about the only difference is that like N.K. Jemisin did more discrete world building. Like, you come out of that book knowing exactly how all of the world works and why. Whereas yeah. I think that a science fiction book that is now literary fiction, it's a lot um, more, it's a lot more, like, feathery on the edges. So if you think about, um, and this is getting into kind of more, like, speculative fiction, too. But if you think about, I don't know, a, an example that is very present right now, Um if you think about like The Handmaid's Tale, yeah. right, which is which is speculative fiction, yeah. right? Um, but that has what's what was is so great about that particular book is how how close it is. Like you don't you you get broad strokes of what the society is like, but you don't know the details, right? right? And I feel like even when you have a book that does have 
sort of fantastical or, you know, like science fiction-y type elements in it, um, you're you're not given – that's why – like that's also one of the reasons that I hated the Testament, mm-hmm. the Testaments, right, is because you it, – it gave you all of the the world, but it wasn't interesting anymore. Like it wasn't an interesting world that was built out, um, but it was very, very discreet. So that's what I hit. So like fundamentally, like that's kind of my working theory of what the difference is. Um, And I remember, you know, a year or two ago when Marlon James is, um, what is it? Like red leopard, black wolf, or it's, it's got a leopard and a wolf and one's red and one's black. Um, but but that book, which <laughs> if you was, want to know which is which, you'll have to read. You'll have to read. There, it. Look at that. We did an ad. There we for go. Um, yeah, you'll have to read. Uh, and that was pitched. Like I went to an event. Marlon Marlon lives here, so like he's all over the place. Um, but I went to an event, and he was like, "It's like an African Game of Thrones," and everybody's mm. like, "Oh my god, Marlon right. James is doing fantasy." Right. And <clears throat> the book didn't really make a super super big lasting splash. Yeah. And I think like 2020, so like two years after this book comes out, right? I think 2020, Eric, is the year that like an MFA white woman is going to pull, (laughs) is going to write a fantasy with like less good world building and it's going to fucking change everything. Because I think, Uh. I think his, like, because I think Litfic has, has done a lot with fantasy and speculative Uh fiction. And I think it's ready to like convince Reese Witherspoon to like read some fucking that, fantasy. I think that you've very correctly touched on how new trends in literary fiction marketplaces happen. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll just leave it at that. Um, but uh, yeah, no, that is, I think, a really, that's a take I think that I agree with, uh, which is. You almost never agree with any of my takes. Well, it's just, it also, it's interesting too that you've sort of placed. And I think I agree with this, too, as someone who really likes, who would consider most of my reading habits to be literary fiction, right? Like, it is a little bit downstream mm-hmm. in terms of, like, what's happening in other spaces, right? Like, and we've and we've talked about this before. We've had an episode on innovation and science fiction and stuff. And, like, um, like, the experimentation happens elsewhere. Yeah. And then someone, as you're saying, a specific type of someone. And it's brand comes, new and it's this comes incredible form. And elevates it. Mm-hmm. You know, by hitting the correct class signifiers um, in their uh, in their work in their writing, and it's yeah, it, it becomes a it becomes a whole thing. But I think that I think that this could be the, the fantasy year. I guess we'll have to look at like I guess we could like look through catalogs and see what's coming out. But I also think that it might be a, a situation where like stuff is getting acquired. You know, yep. like you know, sometimes these trends. The trend taking place right now, you won't see for another year. You know what I mean? Like, right. So this but, could be like maybe there's a year that there's a book that breaks this year. It's but coming, it's though. definitely yeah. like if the book isn't breaking this year, it's being acquired this year. Yeah, exactly. Like and I'm I, I've been watching kind of the trend because it turns out that when I pick books that are fun for me to read personally and I'm looking at literary fiction, I just fall into speculative fiction or science fiction in yeah. that like as a subcategory there. So I've been reading a ton recently Um, and, or even books that like aren't speculative fiction, but are masquerading as speculative fiction. Um, And yeah, so I'm, I'm pretty sure that this is, this is the year. Yeah. 
No, so, I think I think that makes sense. What That's about you? One. Okay, so mine that was a really good one about Thanks. books. I'm gonna talk a little bit about the industry for a second. Got it. Um, you know, the last couple of years, I guess for much longer than we've been doing this show, but especially I think over the last three years has been kind of a raised consciousness about like conditions in the industry, um, discussion about um, everything, quote unquote, I mean, I guess no quotes, I mean, wrong with publishing, you know, the in terms of, um, you know, diversity of editorial staffs, in terms of inequality, in terms of who can work where, in terms of working conditions, all these different things that people point to as being wrong with, like, publishing and how it happens and, like, you know, what gets acquired and all these different things that we can t- point to as systemic industry problems, mm-hmm. right? This is the year – and, like, one – and I let me start by saying what I, what I think we've seen so far as how that usually gets approached, which is that people – um, through some form, whether it's a well-reasoned article or whether it's some tweets or whether it's, um, you know, a discussion somewhere, like someone will make, and you see it all the time, right? Like they make some new case and they say, here it is, the latest piece of evidence that proves that there's these horrific imbalances in publishing, that there are these, discre- <laughs> that there are these discrepancies, that there are these, um, you know, that there clearly there's a problem, and here I have the proof, right? And these people almost invariably are correct, right? Right. And everyone is constantly proving the point. They're constantly winning the argument, right? They're, like they're saying, "Hey, here it is, my ironclad facts. We need, you know, less white people in editorial positions. We need, or less like proportionally white editorial boards. You know, we need people who." aren't, you know, all, we need people in publishing who aren't being financed by their parents, you know, to work in the, like, and here's the stats to prove it, here's the information, here's the data, here's my ironclad facts-based case for how that's happening, and what happens? Nothing. And what I think this, what I think is going to happen this year is people are going to finally kind of correctly put together that what is happening right now is not a debate. What's happening right now is a fight. Like, you are not like none of this stuff is going to get fixed, and I and I mean this again as a prediction, not even because we we've talked about this before. So I don't even mean this as like a talking point, but like I think this is the year where a lot of people realize that the difference, like the reason we haven't gotten what we've wanted, mm-hmm. is not because the proper people haven't been convinced. Like it's that the people have been convinced. You've already won the argument. They just don't want to change anything. Mm. That you're, the problems we are facing are not due to no one having the correct information or people disagreeing on the facts. It's that people have all the information and some people are just comfortable. They don't want to change it. They don't want. And so this is the year where I think things shift from saying, hey, we can prove and prove and prove to saying, well, what are we going to do about it now that we have proven it and the people in the way have not have not capitulated you know what i mean like this is the year i think you know in like a phrase like where we realize that this is a fight not a debate well you we're know? already seeing that in romance that's a little bit no, and, and romance romance and kidlit comes first exactly exactly yeah. like i i think that like we're not this is not an argument anymore because there's nothing left to be discussed everybody knows the situation everybody knows what pub what whether the status quo is working for you or not everyone knows publishing's problems are what they are 
You know what I mean? Like no one needs to be convinced. There's no information gap. And so this, I think, and you because you're kind of seeing it with this RWA stuff, with other discussions, like I think that we're gonna get to a point where people start coming up with like ways to actually displace mm-hmm. and like create new structures, which we're seeing again, you know, like romance and kids lit, always, like first. And it's I don't know. Like I'm, they're the money makers and also what people don't take seriously. Exactly. No, I mean I'm I'm excited by it and I think like it's Things are about to get a lot more material in their analysis and Mm. their proposed solutions as opposed to if I just convince the right person, something will change. I think we have seen that that doesn't work, that people are not actually interested. Like the people who need convincing are not interested in your solutions. Mm. Like we have to come up with our own. And it's it'll be interesting to see what happens in that regard, because um, I just think like, you know, I think it is going to be something that is specific to this year because um spoiler alert it's going to be a year of a lot of political discontent um people are going to generally be in a crabby or anxious mood about politics this year i think that is going to transpose onto their working life especially in an industry like ours um and things are going to get a lot more like tangible and concrete this year and i i think that's good to be like that excites me like that makes me uh feel like maybe there's a chance here to, you know, make some progress. So I think that that is a really smart and wide-reaching prediction. Um, one thing that I'd be really interested in for both of these predictions, because they're both very measurable, yeah. right? Um, one thing that I want to maybe keep doing, Eric, is keep track of where we're at with both of these things as the year progresses. Mm-hmm. I think that that'll be really interesting. Yeah, totally. But I mean, and also ideally, you know, query manager in terms of reading more, query manager provides awesome uh, percentiles. I know, man. I got for us. I gotta get yeah. my percentile yeah. up. But. Yeah. It is kind of nice. It's like it's it's a uh, it's like some some sports stats where you're like, oh man, if only I can hit that three hundred. Yeah. Um. Anyway, so. <laughs> Thank you all for joining us for this uh, New Year's, this New Year's episode of Prison. Yeah, this let's new just decade. Like go with that. Yeah. yeah, it's the first of the year. New decade. Um, we will not be having a episode next week because we are going to be unveiling a whole different thing. Don't worry, you'll still hear from us. It'll just be in a, it's yeah. gonna be a really good time. It's gonna be a really, really good time. We're gonna be around. We're still functionally going to be engaging with this audience in the same way. Um, but there's gonna be a few bells and whistles added. So stay tuned on the 21st yep. for our unveiling and announcement. And then don't worry, we'll be back with a regular special episode or a regular episode and also special episodes um the following week. So remember to send us your queries, your first pages, your questions, anything else to printrunpodcast at gmail.com. My other resolution is to become even more of a thermos guy. Mm, I like it. Just, you know. I like it. Maybe you can bring your thermos to Neighborhood Cafe and they'll fill it with coffee. Mm -hmm. It'll be great. Yeah. No, that'll be good. (laughs) All right. Bye, everybody. And we will talk to you next week and you will hear us in your ears two weeks from now. Bye.